Your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, everybody. This is Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint. Well, Laura Powers is a celebrity psychic author of Archangels and Ascended Masters, on top of over five other books. She's host of the podcast, Healing Powers with Laura Powers. I met her in Florida while attending the International Podcast Movement Conference. In person, she's kind and warm-hearted, and she takes her compassion on her podcast and transforms lives. But before I get to Laura, every week new listeners are joining in. Thank you. I've also received some feedback from you, my listeners, and you've asked me to share some of the comments from you, my listeners. Well, I'm happy to do that, and accompanying me is Chris Knoll's fabulous piano composition, Juniper Eve, from his Barrel House Boogie CD. <laughs> Hello, Catherine. I am Mo, a student of your Positive Imprint podcast. Just wanted to say, you inspire me, Catherine. Mo is from Africa. Well, Mo, I'm so glad that you're finding inspiration from all of these people from around the world. Absolutely love this concept, Catherine. So many amazing people really are out in the world making a true difference. Lovely to see something dedicated to highlighting these people and their actions. This is from entrepreneur Michelle out in Topanga, Topanga, California. And now Laura Powers, a psychic who is transforming and inspiring lives. Your positive imprint. What's your PI? Hi, Laura. Welcome. It's so good to see you again. It's so fun to talk with you. Thank you for joining me on Your Positive Imprint. And thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You have this array of positive imprints that you left <laughs> everywhere you go. And, and you're actually from just over the border from me over here in New Mexico. And you're over there in Colorado. And listeners, <laughs> when, when I first got Laura here onto our Skype, she said, oh, my gosh, there is such a... What were the words you used? I just said, so haunted. <laughs> yeah. And that's so funny that she said that because we have, in New Mexico, we have a lot of different haunted places where some of the state buildings have been sold to convents because people wouldn't work there anymore. It's, it's just all been very interesting. Our history is interesting and the energy is interesting. So Laura, excited to have you. Let's hear a little bit more about yourself and why this journey from your political science time in college and why that journey into where you're at now? Sure. So ever since I was little, I've seen and sensed ghosts, very much like the kid in the sixth sense. Sometimes I had a hard time telling if they were live people or not, like someone would appear to be a live solid person to me until they do something that a live solid person can't do, at which point I would realize that they weren't. It was very confusing for me. I would do things like call the cops on a ghost. And I actually grew up thinking that I was probably crazy because other people didn't see and sense what I did. Like clearly, like they just weren't reacting to the things that I was reacting to. And so I just kept it to myself for years and years. It wasn't until I was actually in college that a family friend described a ghost that I had seen but never told anyone about. And he described this ghost in detail and that confirmed for me that I wasn't crazy. And that was at once comforting because, you know, no one wants to be crazy. <laughs> well, let me back up. Did you ever confide in any of your friends with any of your energy feelings or any of that? So I had a couple of times where I brought it up. So when I was probably about seven years old, I remember asking my mom if she saw things. 
And I knew based on her response that she didn't know what I was talking about. So I was like, okay, kind of confirmed what I was sensing, which is that other people don't see this. <laughs> and then when I was in high school, I was at a cemetery with a friend and was seeing a ton of stuff. And same thing, I asked a friend of mine um, if he saw things and he confirmed that he didn't. So I just still just kept it all to myself. And it re- that experience I was telling you about with the ghost that someone else saw wasn't until I was in college. That was the point where I was like, wow, okay, I don't think I'm crazy. I think this stuff is real. But I was still pretty terrified about it because I didn't know how to handle it. Like I didn't have any teachers in my life at the time. I didn't know tools. I didn't know how to boundaries. And so I did the only thing that I knew how to do in my life at that time, which was to block it out. And I did so for many, many years that's when I went through and lived into adulthood, got into political science and went on this whole other track. And then essentially what happened is I just got into a really rough patch in my life. It was coming to a head for me during the start of the recession. My marriage was falling apart. My contract position ended. I was physically sick, unemployed. It was just like everything was a mess. I went to a psychic that I had met recently at that point and just to ask for guidance because I was so lost and just didn't know what else to do. And she explained to me how when I blocked out my psychic abilities that I blocked out my intuition as well, which totally made sense. And so I said about the process at that point of opening back up psychically, started to take classes, invite angels into my life, which I had learned about through this psychic. And that's when my life completely transformed and, and essentially led to me becoming a professional psychic as I am today. You mentioned bringing the angels in your life. How did you do that? It is so simple of making some kind of invitation through your mind, through your spoken words, whatever feels comfortable for you. And I just had never known to do that. I was raised um, in a Catholic family and there was the idea of angels, but not like asking them for help. That's really all it is, is extending that invitation. So the explanation I give is that our minds, our lives, our energy fields are very much like a garden. If you don't plant flowers, it'll show up automatically or the weeds. And angels are like flowers or fruits and vegetables. You have to plant them. You have to invite them in. You have to water them through continued requests and assistance for support, you know, whereas weeds will just show up. So these dark things, ghosts and things like that, they're just going to be there. You don't have to invite them in at all. I just had to do that, which I'd never done before. And then from that point, I had this incredible angelic visitation experience and my life changed very dramatically from there. This is really super awesome hearing this. And I want to ask you, because coming from someone who believes in angels, are these angels of people that lived on earth and are now angels or are they a different type of energy? Generally speaking, they are a different type of energy. So angels are one type of soul and humans, generally speaking, are one type of soul. There is some overlap. So it is possible for angels to incarnate in human form. So I'm an incarnated angel. So it can get a little bit weird because of that. But generally speaking, angels are separate than humans. And our loved ones, unless they were an incarnated angel, are, you know, when they pass on to the other side, just return to their sort of spirit form and may act as a sort of guide for us, a spirit guide, but are not necessarily an angel. Ah, so it's the energy difference. And are you able to connect with other people around the world who have the same ability? So yeah, I mean, one of the things that's funny is that like attracts like. So I'm constantly meeting professional psychics or people that are very psychic. There are so many people out there, and I feel like that's one of my big missions as a soul is to help people access this for themselves and understand it because, you know, we don't in our 
mainstream society have an automatic teaching for this. Like you don't learn their set of psychic ABCs when you're growing up. It's such a shame. If I'd known many of the things that I know now growing up, it would have made my life so much easier. Ever since I've tapped into my psychic abilities, my life has gotten exponentially better. I was in a lot of fear and anxiety and stress uh, before I knew how to manage my psychic abilities. And now I manifest amazing things. I'm going to have this incredible lifestyle. I travel full time because I like to. As we're recording this now, I'm in Maui at a client's guest house. I connect with lots of amazing clients and work and television and media. And it's just really fun. I'm very passionate about helping people access their intuition so that they understand and psychic abilities so they understand what's happening and also so that they can use the information that they're receiving to change their life in positive ways. So talk a little bit more about that transformation of lives. You had your own transformation, but obviously you're reaching out to others through your podcast, through your books, through your public work persona. Yeah. So first I want to mention, I have been listening to your podcast and I'm really loving it because I feel so, I I don't know, I feel more connected to myself and there's a lot of calming aspects to, or that I get from your podcast, from listening to some of these folks. And I think a lot of it is because I'm allowing that transformation to take place and allowing that inner peace it's been exciting. So thank you. So anyway, let's, let's hear your side of the transformation of lives. I try to reach people in many different avenues. Like you mentioned, I have my podcast healing powers podcast. And I started my podcast really because I had gone through this incredible transformational journey. And there was a concurrent physical health transformation while it was also opening up psychically. And I believe that those are connected in most cases for people because the mechanisms that you use for psychic abilities are primarily, as I understand it, in the gut and the brain. And the heart is also impacted. Um, But if you have negative health things going on in those areas, it's going to make it harder for you to access your intuition. So for me, I was physically sick and I went through the process of, you know, going to alternative health practitioners And then also while I was taking psychic development classes and learning to use those tools. And so my podcast, we address both those things. So I started the podcast. I I wasn't even working as a professional psychic yet. I was just wanting to share all this information that I was learning that was helping me um, with my health and my life as a whole shortly after I started is when I started working as a psychic. And then I just started, you know, including that information in the podcast as well. So the podcast has always been a huge way that I try to reach an impact and help people. And then I started writing books because I just felt like there was so much information that I just couldn't relay via audio or via class or whatever. And so then I started writing books and then seeing clients and teaching classes. So in terms of clients, I have a lot of regular clients that I work with. Many clients I've been working with for years. I help them use my abilities with almost anything. I I work with a lot of clients on business consulting, how to grow their businesses, relationships, looking at health and wellness. As clients requested, I actually started working as an animal communicator and animal psychic because people are so close to their pets. I try to help in as many ways I can, knowing that I'm only one person. That's one reason why I think media is so important. I can just reach so many more people that way than I can ever one-on-one, though I love my in-person and one-on-one client work. So here in Maui, I have a client that was purchasing a property that was wanting it to be cleared and then staying at another client's guest house, which is amazing. So you're talking about clearing the area of negative energy 
And do you talk about that in your book? Because you have this book, The Diary of a Ghost Whisperer. That's really an awesome (laughs) title. It almost sounds horror-ish in a sense, except you have the word whisper in it, so then it sounds more calming. But tell me about it. I'm just taking all these guesses. I haven't read it. I just love this title. So tell us about this book. So that particular book is about my work and stories uh, in that world, specifically working with ghosts and kind of the paranormal. When I was getting into being a psychic, uh, I pretty quickly started working with paranormal investigators. So I'd obviously had my own experiences just in my life with ghosts and because of that garden analogy I told you about, you know, I consider a lot of ghosts to be like the, the weeds that just show up in the sense of you don't have to invite them in. They just show up. Right. And a lot of ghosts are not in a good space. You know, they're sad, angry, frustrated, um, not letting go. There are some ghosts that are just kind of more neutral or just didn't feel ready to move on. And so they're not particularly upset. They just liked where they were and they just decide to stay there. But that's usually the rarity. Most ghosts are, are not in a good kind of emotional space. <laughs> right. So I started to do that. And then this book just documents some of the more interesting things that have happened in that particular realm for me. It's, it's fascinating. You know, I one of the things I've really enjoyed about paranormal investigation is that there often would be documented physical evidence that corroborates what I'm getting as a psychic. So for example, we're at the Beauvoir Mansion, which is the home of former Confederate President Jefferson Davis in Biloxi, Mississippi. And I said, I'm, I'm communicating with the spirit of a little girl. And then when they were reviewing the audio and video footage later, they heard a little girl respond, you know. Now, what's interesting about that is when we were there, I could hear her, but other people couldn't. But in the audio, it shows up. It's called EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. So that's really cool for me because it's like, look, I'm not making this up. There's another something here. (laughs) My parents always raised us with this notion of we have All Souls Day, which is pretty much after Halloween. And Halloween was really the time that I was taught that was set aside for prayer to pray for all of those souls that are in this space that they haven't gotten to where they want to be, where they need to be. And that's why people dress up as ghosts and spirits and everything is because they're playing the part of that soul. And of course, it's become very satanic through the years, but I was always taught that. And so I always appreciated Halloween, because I know that there's people that haven't made it into that good place yet. Halloween and All Souls Day, All Saints Day, Dia de los Muertos, all of that is, is so my, some of my very favorite time of year because this is the time when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest. And so it's a time when, you know, not just psychics, but other people can sometimes connect with and, and access this type of energy and spirits and, and that sort of thing. And, and I love it. And there can be some kind of darker aspects um, that come up. But I also feel like it's a time to exercise that stuff and bring it to the light, which I love. And that's a big part of my work. So for example, I work with a lot of people where they have hauntings or, you know, negative energies in their home that want to be released. And it's fascinating work for me. So uh, whether it's helping a spirit cross or there's other things that are not spirits. I, I call them entities for just a, a general term, but basically a non-human or animal being that is not of the light that is in a space. And sometimes when people have things going on, it may be a ghost or maybe something that's not human, but that still uh, needs to be cleared from their space. And it's always very rewarding and, and interesting work. And, and, and by the way, these entities 
will interact with not just in terms of spaces, but in terms of their people's own physical and emotional health. So I also get a fair amount of like medical mystery clients where, you know, they have this unexplained headache, they've gotten MRIs, they have gone to multiple specialists and they can't figure it out. And then they come to me and I'm like, well, you have this thing attached on your head. Would you like me to remove it? (laughs) And and then I remove it and the headache goes away. So it's very interesting because a lot of people, doctors, unfortunately, are not able to see, you know, what I can see that's going on with people. For many of us, most of the time, we're not going to sense this kind of energy realm directly unless, you know, we are in a place that's very haunted or something. And so that's been kind of the strange part of living as I do and growing up the way I did is that I did, I did, it was very strong. So I just encourage everyone to think of just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's there. And and this can be thought of in, in other ways too. I mean, for a long time in medicine, for example, the idea that there are tiny little microscopic bacteria and viruses that could make you sick or really impact you one way or the other was thought of as crazy because people couldn't see them. And then microscopes were invented and people had the ability to then see these things that do in fact have the ability to make us sick or or not. I believe that at some point there actually will be the technology to see some of what it is that I work with, because I know that on an energetic level, it's there, there's waves, that there's something that's happening here. And I really look forward to that time because there will be this kind of widespread acceptance of this kind of energy stuff as well in the future. Wow, that's a great way to put your work and the positive imprint that you are, of course, putting here on our earth and helping people to, number one, getting to know themselves, their inner self. You've had several podcasts on getting to know your inner self and through meditation. I think one was through hypnosis, but I also think that people want explanations because it happens a lot of times you'll, and I know this has happened to you gazillions of times, but you've probably, not probably, you have Friends of yours or just acquaintances or strangers have told you stories where one of their loved ones has passed away and suddenly things start happening that they can't explain. There's something to be said for those energy forces and the angels and the type of energy, the spirits that are there. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, they don't necessarily haven't had any experiences with this, but then it only takes one experience to really change, you know, a person's perspective. And I've, I've worked with all kinds of clients. And I should say that when I work with a client, it depends on the client, but a lot of times they don't necessarily say much to me in the beginning. I had this one pretty amazing client experience. Um, this is when I was pretty early on as a psychic, the client was wanting mediumship, um, which is, you know, communicating with spirits on the other side. And it was a woman who brought in her husband with her for the session. And I could tell right away that he was a skeptic just from his energy. Yeah, (laughs) That does make it a little harder to read, but I can still do it. And so she just told me the name of her, uh, the person she's trying to connect with and their relationship. I knew that he was her nephew and I opened up the channel and he kept all he would do. He wasn't saying anything. He just kept doing this gesture where he would put his hand at the base of his chin and then kind of lower it down. And he kept just kept doing it over and over again. And so finally, I just, you know, I just did the gesture and explained to them what he was doing. And then the woman burst into tears and her husband said, OK, she's real. And then they explained to me that at the end of his life, he had been paralyzed in his vocal cords and she had taken care of him while he died. And that means thank you in sign language. That wow. gesture. And I didn't know sign language. I didn't know he was paralyzed in his vocal cords. I didn't know any of that. And so they were like, okay, 
that's pretty specific and weird. And so it only takes, you know, usually one thing like that to change a person's perspective on what's happening, spirits, the other side, etc. So even if you've never had that experience, I encourage you to just be open to it. And you can also ask the universe or ask your angels and spirit guides to help you experience that if you want and, and then see what what happens. We can make these requests. And when we do, that opens the door to, you know, this kind of magic and, you know, different things in our life. And by the way, you can ask for help for, you know, almost anything as long as it's not about hurting, you know, someone else. But you can ask for help with parking. You can ask for help with finances. You can ask for help with your creative career. You can ask for help with relationships. You know, really anything's on the table, like I said, as long as it's loving and positive. Oh, yes. And you you said a couple of words here to be open. And I think that's really important with the work you do. People need to be open to their own experiences and also be open to what you're providing and pay attention to the world around us because there, there, there is this energy that's around us that you're able to, and you know, you have this capability. What's the percentage of people that have this capability in the world? Do you know? Well, I would say like many things, it's a range of natural abilities. So I would say that um, most people actually have some abilities in this area. I should say have strong abilities in this area but they've just never learned it. So, you know, we don't go to psychic school. We don't learn the psychic ABCs. So imagine if you never learned ABCs, could you read or write? Probably not. And so I feel like that's part of what I'm trying to do here is really get large percentage of people to access this and open this door for them um, that has otherwise been closed. I continually amazed when I teach psychic development classes and a lot of people just kind of feel some kind of urge to do it. They don't think of themselves as having psychic and then they start to take psychic classes and they are super, super psychic. So I would say just because you don't think of yourself that way, doesn't mean you don't have this innate ability that you've just never accessed. So in my case, because I'm extremely clairvoyant, I'm an empath, I'm telepathic, I couldn't ignore it. It's just so strong for me. And so I would say it's maybe unusually strong for me. Um, but that said, there's a lot of people with very strong abilities that once they learn to access that are just an, amazed with, you know, what's there. So I just taught a group class, for example, in Washington, D.C. Uh, a few weeks ago, and everyone in that class could be a professional psychic. <laughs> you know, literally, I'm not exaggerating. And they just were kind of blown away because when you when you take especially like a group class, what's amazing is that everyone's abilities help each other. So psychic energy in the room is exponential and it makes it just easier to access your own ability. And people just were blown away by the stuff that they were getting. And also the parallel. So, you know, we'd be looking at one topic and everyone in the group would get very similar answer response to the psychic question that we were posing. And, and I think that was really a positive experience for people. And so I do think that there's some people that have maybe a very small amount of natural ability, and there's some people with a lot of natural ability, and then there's, you know, a lot in between. And, and truly, just because you don't think you've had any experiences doesn't mean that you aren't actually supremely psychic, and you just never tapped into it. See, it's, it's hard to, to just grasp that, that there's the other side. And it, it's sometimes, you know, we go through our daily lives, we're busy, and it's hard to grasp that. But to talk about the fact that these healing powers that we all have this psychic ability, that's really hard to grapple with. Yeah, I, I completely understand. I think for me, it's always been really in my face. Like, yeah. <laughs> I could ignore it. So it's easy for me to accept it because like, and by the way, I don't ex expect other people to have my self-perception of the world because they don't experience things the way I do, right? Our view of the world is primarily based on our experience, what we can see and sense, and, and it creates our understanding. 
that said, I, I just encourage people to be open and then to start paying attention because there's a lot of ways that the unseen kind of energetic realm will connect with and work to communicate with us. And most people are just oblivious to, to that happening. So we receive messages from the universe as a whole, things that are referenced, overheard conversations, bumper stickers, things we see and hear, how animals act around us our own thoughts and feelings. Uh, all of these things are ways that the energetic realm communicates with us. And then our bodies too, our bodies are really sharing with us. For example, one of the things that led to me being a psychic was I was in this real life crisis. You know, I was physically sick. I was unemployed. What was happening is my body was physically reacting to this unhealthy situation. And I didn't even know that it was bad. I just didn't even know because on the surface, things seemed fine until all of a sudden they really seemed not fine. But there was this period of time for years where things were just building and I just had no awareness, but my body just got sicker and sicker. So, you know, if you're struggling with health issues, it's very likely that there's a lot of this energetic stuff going on that you're being guided to face and address. Have you heard of the term shaman sickness? No. Tell us so about this it. is something that I essentially believe that I have, that this is recognized thing in, in many indigenous cultures, that when someone was meant to be a shaman or have some kind of healing path, they often would get very sick if they weren't on that path. So if they weren't facing it, acknowledging it. And from my perspective as a psychic, if you are off track as on a soul level, you literally can die because you're not doing what you came here to do as a soul your soul can be like, all right, I just need to start over. Abandon ship, so to speak. <laughs> like, start, start the process over again. And that's why I really encourage people that have physical issues or illness to make sure they're exploring this spiritual side to it because you can have all the physical diagnoses. You can be doing everything right physically. And if your soul is not aligned or if you're not looking at the energetic aspect, you may never heal. So if you have immune disorders, if you're struggling with your health, I really encourage you to look at this part of it, the the sort of emotional and spiritual aspect of your health as well. Well, lower powers, healing powers is much more than the other side. It's truly healing powers. It's transforming lives and it's understanding our inner self and the energy around us and our souls. Where can people get a hold of you for classes or your podcast? Yeah, so my website, healingpowers.net, is where I include information on health and the sort of psychic spiritual realm. I also have a website, laurapowers.net, which is more my creative side. But yeah, healingpowers.net, on there you can find the podcast link, which is Healing Powers Podcast. My books are on Amazon and all the major stores. I have Archangels and a Set of Masters is my first audiobook that's out. You can find that on Audible and other stores. And then I teach classes, tends to be whenever I travel, I'll I'll set up a class wherever I'm going. And then I teach one-on-one psychic development classes and readings and clearings that are also available via my website on the services page. So you can just check that out and always feel free to reach out to me at bookings at laurapowers.net if you have any questions in terms of social media I'm on. Instagram, Laura Powers 44. 44 is an angel number. So that's why the, the 44. And then you can also find Healing Powers on Facebook as well. I'm really curious. Tell me about the angel number. <laughs> yeah. So numbers is one of the ways that angels communicate with us. And the, each number has a sort of energy and vibration and associations with it. Just pay attention to if there are certain numbers that show up for you over and over again. So for example, 
1111 or 333444. What's amazing is that when we start to pay attention to a way that the angels communicate with us, they will use that channel or avenue more. So I'm receiving messages through numbers all the time. And if you see a number over and over again, I do reference it briefly in my book, Angels, How to Understand, Recognize, and Receive Their Guidance. And that book is all about how angels communicate with us and how we can communicate with them. But you can just literally Google angel number and then whatever that number is, and there'll be all these website results that pop up. And I just encourage you to read different ones and then just uh, whichever ones resonate towards you when you read that description for that particular number, then go with that. But it's amazing, like 44 and 444 is a number that would show up for me all the time, and it's an angel number, and each number has a different meaning. So fives are, for example, about big change. Three is ascended masters and and kind of divine support. Four is angels. Two is partnership. Ones are new beginnings and manifesting, etc. How interesting. And I have listeners all over the world, and I know you have lived in France, London, Prague, Barcelona, Cairo, Turkey, Shanghai, and Hawaii, bringing your work all over the world. So it's not just here in the United States, it is worldwide. Yes, I have clients all over the world. And it's really funny because it makes scheduling interesting because I'll be like, okay, I'm in London, there in California, but then I'm going to be in Hawaii. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I love it. And it's amazing. And I feel so blessed to be living in a time when technology affords us the ability to communicate, you know, in this this way. It's really incredible. Well, you are so interesting and fun to talk to. You have such a wonderful positive attitude, a positive imprint, and you have such compassion for transforming lives. Thank you. It's, it's really my pleasure. And I really believe in the idea of, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. So the better that each of us is, the better we all are. And it's not a zero sum game that there's so much uh, that's available for all of us. And I want all of us to go along on this journey. <laughs> oh, well, I will journey along with you. And we will continue to connect. Thank you so much, Laura, for joining me here on Your Positive Imprint. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Laura, for inspiring and transforming lives. November, I will be featuring positive imprints in technology and farming around the world. Music by Chris Knoll. Visit chrisknoll.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E dot com. Follow me, Your Positive Imprint, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as Twitter, What's Your P.I.? Head over to my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, and sign up for email updates, read the blog, listen to other episodes, or send me an email with your feedback or questions. I'd love to hear from you. You can listen to all of my episodes from iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. My podcast is free, but please support me by hitting the five stars and by writing a review. You can also download my episodes. Hit the follow or subscribe button from whichever platform you're listening from. Thanks for listening to Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.? And an update regarding Mary Shields, the first woman to complete the Iditarod race. Last year, she was hoping, but was not able to mush with her dog team due to complications regarding her leg. This year, she is gearing up. Cheers, Mary, and the best of luck. And thanks to listeners who sent in remarks regarding Mary Shields' conversation with me. I'd like to share some of them. I met Mary Shields in July 1994 in Fairbanks, Alaska, and was awed by her warmth and unique lifestyle. It was a joy to listen to the podcast. R. Edmund. 
I love this story. Mary Shields is an amazing person. Great interview. I listened to it through the website and enjoyed the pictures as well. Dr. Lanier. And also this comment. What a great interview, Catherine. Mary Shields should be shared with young girls and women everywhere. And to end with the dogs howling? Awesome. Liz. And from John. By the way, I took a dog sledding class from Mary Shields. She knew her stuff and was a great role model. Well, John, I hope you're still finding time to go dog sledding and use those skills wherever you're residing. This morning I listened to the Mary Shields interview. You were able to get her to bring out several inspiring stories. When she said that sometimes people need stories more than bread, I thought that is exactly what you are providing with your podcast. That's your product. Mark. Well, thanks, Mark. Wow, love the Shields podcast. Jesse loves it too. Lorraine. Well, Jessie happens to be Lorraine's dog, and Lorraine sent a video from Canada of her dog howling with Mary Shields' dog sled team. Thanks, Lorraine, for sharing that. Well, thanks so much for sending your comments and for listening to your positive imprint. What's your P.I.?